0: Warning, this podcast contains sexual content, graphic language, and bodily functions. Get over it.
1: I'm Heather Ann Gottlieb, and this is Dirty Girl, the podcast that shares stories from real women about their disgusting habits, taboo secrets, and unruly pastimes. Fart, burp, queef your little heart out. It's not a girl thing. It's not a boy thing. It's not a woman or a man thing. Everybody has a body, and it's disgusting, and we all just need to accept it and love it. How can we take this to the next level of disgusting...
0: Well, I am a breast expert, which sounds insane because probably everybody, most men think that they are, but they're not.
1: This is Elizabeth. I met her on Facebook.
0: (laughs) Uh, I wrote a book about 10 years ago that came out. It's called Boobs, A Guide to Your Girls.
1: So Elizabeth writes a blog about boobs and she put out a call on Facebook asking for funny women to write stories about their boobs. And I emailed her and told her that I have nipple hairs. And my journey with accepting them has been long and interesting, just like my nipple hairs.
0: Well, Everybody's boobs are different. I mean, most women don't even have the same two breasts on their chest. Some people think that really you don't have your true full bust size until you're pregnant and, um, you know, your boobs change again. But fact of the matter is it's like one out of five women, when they hit menopause, End up with bigger boobs. So your boobs will change all the way through your fifties and sixties. Cray, cray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No wonder we have a hard time finding the right bra, right? Yeah. Nobody takes boobs seriously. You know, they don't. They don't. We want to see them everywhere, uh, but we don't necessarily want to really think about what's going on when you're breastfeeding. A lot of crazy stuff goes on, um, and everybody has different issues. You know, My first baby, I had enough. I was producing enough milk to probably feed a small third world country, and uh, I would just leak everywhere. Like, it wasn't even when the baby cried. I could just walk around. I had hardwood floors, and it was just everywhere I went. I was having to clean up the floor all the time because I was just leaking constantly. Uh, that's pretty gross, <laughs> I think, unless there's, some wonderful thing that it does to hardwood floors that I don't know about. But uh, yeah, that was gross. And also when I used to feed my first child, of course, this didn't happen second and third children, everything changes. Um, But the first child, it was like I was I was trying to feed him and my milk would come in so fast. It was like, you know, like a fire hose and like he'd start choking. And I was like, am I killing my baby? Cause like, ah! you know, cause it would, the letdown would be so strong. It was literally like a fire hose. And I've read about that since, but at the time I thought, oh, that is really weird. It's really strange. You know, in retrospect, I probably should have taken my boob, you know, aimed it at the wall for like five seconds and then gave it back to him. But that didn't occur to my, my post-pregnancy brain. They're, women's bodies are gorgeous and uh, I think that the whole thing about what they're meant to do breasts are meant to do nobody really even knows because women get unlike all other mammals women get their breasts long before they're needed and when they're not even when they don't even need to use them at all and they don't go away like in some animals you know they Their boobs basically go away after they're done nursing. That doesn't happen with women. We keep ours our whole life. So what are they really for? It's really interesting to me. Nobody really knows why we have them. So I think they're magical, obviously. Make us goddesses. We use boobs to sell everything in our society, right? Nobody ever gets tired of boobs, ever. Men always want to see them. They don't really care if they're big, small, different sizes, saggy. They're just like happy with any boob at all. No one ever talked about it, but I had like really flat nipples, like some people have really protruding ones, but mine were really flat. And so they had to give me these little plastic cups to put on my chest, which was like walking around like like plastic, like you could pound on it on your boobs and through your bra. It was insane so that my nipples would come out more and it would be easier for the baby to nurse. So my milk came in like on day three and my boobs were like rock hard. Literally huge and rock hard, not moving at all. Like I could definitely go bra-less now. So I would be walking around, and uh, you know, just the house in my robe, and I would like leave a little trail of milk on on the wood floors wherever I went. And it's like you're having to clean this up at the same time that you're dealing with a baby and lack of sleep. And you're going, why is this happening? writing my book and researching it, I decided that I heard about, uh, I was up in Seattle at the time, and I heard about this woman who taught tassel twirling classes. And I'd never done that before. And I thought, that's something cool. I should try to do that as research for my book. We all met at her studio, which was like all these mirrors, and there were all of these different women. I'd say there's maybe 15 or 20 of us, all different ages. Question. Yes.
1: Her studio, is it just t- nipple twirling? The entire
0: student? No, she actually teaches like a burlesque 101. Her name is Miss Indigo Blue, but she just had a tassel twirling 101 because that's a very specific thing. And let's face it, it's that big reveal at the end, right, in burlesque. So I think it's its own skill set by itself. I am not gonna go into burlesque. I'm not even attempting or thinking about it, but I'm just fascinated and curious. I'm curious more than anything else. It's like, like I said, 15 or 20 women, all different ages, all different sizes. And then she went through, which I didn't even realize, all the different ways to attach pasties to your body. Like, you know, she liked spirit glue, for instance, and, but it's not easy to get this stuff off. But anyway, so then we all took off our tops and our clothes, our bras, whatever. Some people, I guess, weren't wearing bras, but um, and then we had to put these pasties on. And she had them in different sizes, which was so cool because everybody does have different size areolas. It's not like one size fits all, uh, which I thought was really kind of neat because it made me realize how unique my body was and how unique other people's were. And, uh, and then we all, you know, put them on and we all looked at each other and we just started laughing hysterically. Not because we looked funny, but because it was just a funny thing to do. Where, where would you be in a room topless ever in your life? Putting toys on your tits, basically, decorating them. Then we learned how to twirl them, which turns out it's all on your knees yeah it's quite aerobic you have to practice bending your knees and then you can twirl them and it was easy for me to get them twirling in two different directions because I didn't know what I was doing but I can't even imagine doing it for any length of time I mean it is really a skill set but on the other hand it is the only time in my life where I got to take my boobs out to play with them just me for me right Not for some guy, you know, because I'm straight, but not for, you know, somebody else, uh, not to make them fit into a bra, because most of the time we, like, restrain and contain them. So I personally feel that every young woman should take her boobs out to play once, and should all, we should all be taking tassel twirling classes, because not only it's fun, but it's also empowering, because you can do this with your body. It's like, whoa, this is so cool. I came home to my husband after the class and he said oh you going to show me your new skills I said no I'm not this is this is for me this was my thing to get to know my body and my boobs and do something I had never done before with them I really think it's sad that in this day and age that we have women who are training to be Olympic champions that not only have to do the training and, and win the gold medals but under circumstances that a man would never have to have in his training and I'm furious and the older I get the angrier I am that this is happening and I don't blame any particular generation or anything else Um, but it's just like so deep-seated and deep-rooted and it doesn't change and I'm really hoping that it will start to change for my children and my grandchildren I mean I thought I was making a difference in my 20s and then I got busy having my own kids and leading my own life and, and, and then I wake up to, you know, my kids being older and then this is all happening again. So I'm glad in a way it's happening, but I'm really angry that it's taking so long and, and it's been okay for so long to treat women like shit. I don't know. I'm really on my soapbox now. I'm sorry, but we can actually create and sustain life just with our bodies. I mean, you know, somebody should be worshipping us and not worshipping us for our beauty or because that, you know, we're arm candy, but worshipping us for the amazing creatures that women are. And I would just like to see us honored in legally in that way. Every single fucking man came out of a woman's vagina. So why they aren't doing more for their mothers and their sisters is beyond me.
1: Mic
0: drop. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Junior year of high school, a popular boy drove me home in his old Bug convertible. He took off his shirt as I got in the passenger seat, announcing that his car was topless and all riders in the car must also be topless. I giggled nervously and rolled my eyes. As we sped down 7th Street, he complained about my friend, his ex-girlfriend, specifically about her boobs. You see, her boobs were hairy. There were disgusting hairs around her nipples, and even on the skin between each breast— I sat in silence as he mocked her chest, smiling politely and nodding along as he replayed his unfortunate experience of their boob play. Once home, I locked myself in the bathroom, ripped off my shirt, and began tediously inspecting each teat. I was horrified. I too had hairs around my nipples. They weren't thick, dark, or even noticeable, but nonetheless, they were there. Suddenly, my whole chest seemed a horrendous carpet of fur. Was my boyfriend secretly disgusted by me? How many jokes have been told at my expense? Without a moment's hesitation, I reached for my razor and began clumsily shaving my chest. First, the small hairs around each nipple, then the peach fuzz in between. Finally, I was satisfied. My boobs were clean. I was free. Until it grew back. The small, soft hairs were gone. Instead, coarse stubble erupted like jagged rock. I shaved and plucked and shaved and plucked, convinced of my grotesqueness, but each time the hairs reappeared in full fury. Embarrassed, ashamed, and defeated, I finally gave up. The hairs were here to stay. In a recent aha moment, I realized how fucked this episode was. I allowed a boy's hurtful comments to affect how I related to my own body. A boy whose concept of womanhood was most likely derived from playboy and softcore porn. My tiny nipple hairs are a delicious reminder that I am more mammal than Barbie, with parts placed for a more important purpose than satisfying a teenager's wet dream. Just listen to Dirty Girl Podcast. Good for you. It is produced by me, along with Cameron Taggy, Alex Salem, and sound editing is by Tristan Bankston. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Dirty Girl Pod. My name is Heather Ann Gottlieb. I'll see you next time. Until then, do some dirty shit.